Individuality Unleashed. Thank you for checking out our special Market Outlook podcast episode. I'm your host, Vern Trimble, Senior Director of Marketing and Communications at Wonderkent. And as the market leader for performance marketing, we at Wonderkent have a laser focus on helping retailers and brands drive more ROI with one-to-one messaging and ads at scale. Today, we'll be discussing key insights and takeaways from Wonderkent's 2022 Market Outlook Report, which lays out simple, actionable steps for creating customer loyalty opportunities that increase revenue. Now, this exclusive report by Wonderkent spotlights the impact of the greatest economic, political, and social questions of our time, from the fallout of the pandemic and supply chain shortages, the threat of recession, privacy concerns, and the move to first-party data and own channels. To provide an outlook for the 2022 holiday season, I'm joined today by our resident expert, Megan Krasinski, Director of Product Marketing at Wonderkent, who has a ton of valuable information to share. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So much so much to cover today, Vern. There is indeed, dude. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and I'm so excited for our audience to have an opportunity to hear some of your valuable insights that you have yeah. laid out in this fantastic marketing, uh, market outlook report that you put together. Yes, I'm very, very excited to share. I think uh, that report was um, such a great asset and hopefully um, our brands have found a lot of value out of it. But if you haven't had a chance to read it, we'll be talking about it today. So that's right. That's that's right. (laughs) So let's jump right into it. So Megan, what are some of the biggest trends that brands should be thinking about right now? What should be top of mind for retailers this year? Yeah, uh, it's a great question, Vern. I think there's a lot of things going on right now, but if uh, I'm going to drill them down to a couple of key trends, I think in the world we're living in, the only constant is change, right? Um, yeah. And one of the biggest changes we saw and we all experienced at the pandemic are how consumers shop. Um, I myself personally shop very differently now than I did two years ago, right? Um, Mostly because I'm a completely different person (laughs) than I was two (laughs) years ago. And I think a lot of people and a lot of consumers and a lot of brands can really resonate with that. And it's, you know, whether it's the avenue of which you shop, uh, have you become more dedicated to online shopping now that the world has returned to quote unquote normal? Are you shopping more in store? What are... What are your means of discovery? Uh, I've become a big TikTok person, Vern. Um, <laughs> and outside of just bringing me so much joy, it's brought so much discovery in terms of brands. Um, and I've done a lot of shopping with new brands via TikTok. Um, I think subscriptions are super interesting now. You could be a, a big clothing subscription person, and I'm discovering a bunch of different new brands that I probably never would have shopped before. So, yeah, the the pandemic has really just changed how consumer shopping habits have arrived. And uh, I think we'll continue to remain in a state of flux there and why it continues to be such an important thing that brands focus on loyalty at this time, keeping keeping your customers happy and keeping them on your site or in your store. Um, a- yeah. No, that's that's really cool. So TikTok obviously isn't just for tweens and learning the new dance moves. Is that what you're saying? We can also totally not <laughs> for 21 year olds like me, Vern, for sure. <laughs> oh, and me. 
and you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, of, it's, it's, it, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say you, you mentioned loyalty and I wanted to, to drill down on that because I think it's so important because this is a, a big topic that a lot of brands, a lot of our customers are talking about. And, you know, one thing that we know is that it's more efficient to retain a customer than it is to acquire a new one, obviously. I think we have a stat yep. that says about 42% of consumers have switched to private label brands this year. Um, I wanted to know what are some strategies brands can leverage to engage with and loyalize their customers? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, loyalty is obviously very hot right now. It's yes. probably hotter than this heat wave we are all <laughs> experiencing. Dude. It was, uh, I know you're in uh, Savannah, but uh, New York City is run for your money. It was a nice, toasty 95 degrees today. <laughs> um, but um, before, so I stopped talking about the weather. And before I dive into the strategies that you asked me about, um, I think it's interesting to really talk about the loyalty dilemma brands are facing now. Yeah. And I think this kind of leans into what I was talking about with TikTok is, um, now more than ever, U.S. consumers are switching to different brands than they ever had before. Um, and a lot of them intend to incorporate this behavior. Um, so when you think about that outside of TikTok and all these new means of discovery, you really ask yourself, well, why is this? Why are brands or why are customers more open to new brands at this point? And, um, you know, Inflation is a big thing, right? Yes. It's at a record high. Um, people are looking for value. They're looking, pricing is obviously at the top of their list. So if they're gonna find something that they're used to shopping uh, or used to buying and they can find it at a cheaper cost, I think people are more open to less brand loyalty and trying new brands. Um, on top of that, 40% of consumers tried new products since the start of the pandemic, right? Um, I, I speak for myself. I definitely <laughs> am part of that statistic. So <laughs> this really means that loyalty is up for grabs. It's something we talk about a lot here at Wonderkin. And consumers are looking for brands to really give them a reason to be loyal. Um, so you asked me about strategies, but you yeah. know me, Vern, I have to yes. give a little, uh, a, a, a little context always. there, <laughs> but I think what this really drills down to is with the plethora of options out there, brands really need to be highly visible, highly tailored and highly customer centric mm. to really stand out or else you risk losing your audience. Um, so at the end of the day, in, in terms of strategies, I really recommend honing in on your core values. Um, really speak the messaging that will resonate with your audience um, and strategically weave that message in a way that will really resonate with your customers um, and help your customers fall in love with your brand again. So, something else I think um, mm -hmm. is, you know, this is a hot topic now too, is first party data. So yes. I First party data is really essential to help growing your list and engaging your audience and helps to drive really powerful and customized experiences. Um, and the final point to really drive this home in terms of loyalty, because for me, I think it's always good to, to, draw, to tie some kind of dollar amount um, two things, right? You yeah. really want to assess the risk, but it costs on average 75 um, times more to acquire a new customer than to retain an existing one. So wow. 
this, yeah, this obviously doesn't mean that acquisition is uh, no longer a critical goal, but retention really requires ongoing targeted, ongoing engagement, and really love, right? Show yeah. your customers the love. <laughs> love, love indeed. And you know, love indeed. <laughs> and you, you hit on, you hit upon a point that I think is really interesting. You talked about the personalization, the personalization element that's so critical to a marketer's strategy and ensuring that they drive loyalty and affinity for their brand. I'd love for you to, to talk to us about custom experiences through that one-to-one -one messaging and how brands can ultimately develop a strategy for personalization. Yeah. Um, Vern, I think it's literally dangerous that we just released this market outlook report that we discussed <laughs> at the top of this podcast because yes. it's filled with so many stats. Um, so I don't. Are you ready? Are you ready for all these stats? I have to. I'm, I have to recite a few off my notes because that's good. there were so many that uh, I need a. I need them documented. Um, no, I love it. I literally am <laughs> holding on to this desk right now. I'm so. You should. You should <laughs> prepare yourself for all the great content. <laughs> We're but, being goofballs right now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, everyone on the line. But these are great. So I actually find these next stats kind of comical. Um, mm -hmm. So bear with me. So 71% of global customers expect retailers to deliver personalized experiences, wow. um, which, is, which is great, right? Because 73% mm -hmm. of marketers think I do a great job, right? I deliver, mm -hmm. I excel at personalization. However, only 34% of consumers actually agree with that. Only 34% of wow. consumers actually think brands do a good job at delivering personalized experience to them. Which Clearly is, a, a disconnect. Yeah, in like a womp womp moment, right? Yeah, and totally. really, it, it, there's a disconnect, but we have to really sit down and think about like where are brands actually falling short? And honestly, to an extent, this is to be expected. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about this a bit in the beginning of this podcast, but as consumer shopping, as consumer spending changes happen, depending on, gosh, their income, life events, the world events, global pandemics, um, this is just kind of par for the course. Right. Um, additionally, I think brands sometimes maybe misjudge which channels require personalization and which don't. Um, for example, we saw in our report research that marketers placed a higher emphasis on the website, on personalizing the website than their consumers did. Um, mm. Conversely, Consumers were looking for more personalization in channels like email, although marketers mm. didn't really seem to think that was as important. So mm. I think a big theme in the world of personalization is this concept of meet me where I am, right? Yeah. Like customers just want to be heard. So, you know, make your in-store or your e-com experience much more um navigated, like they can navigate your experiences better because they totally. tailor better to your experience. Um, be visible in the social media, hey, TikTok for me, <laughs> or, or even websites that I'm present in, um, and really know my taste. If I'm yeah. giving you my data, it's, it's not just for my benefit that I give you this data, it's for yours, it's for the brand. Um, so use it properly and know know how you're supposed to actually use the data. So 
Um, you know, personalization is something we talk about a lot here at Wonderkin. Vern, you and I talk about it all the yes, time. We do. Um, <laughs> I we think that we do. I think <laughs> the the TLDR here, if I could, you know, sum this little question up, is personalization is key. Um, your customers. They're not gonna just stand for copy and paste efforts in terms of personalized messaging. So, you know, kind of circling back to even to the hot topic of loyalty is loyalty is earned through trust and starts right. with honesty in all of your communications and personalization is key there. So um, if you're confused on how to do this or how or where to start, we help brands and retailers all around the world with this, with driving personalized experiences at scale. So we're here for you. I love it. I love it. Oh gosh, Megan, that is so good. And I think that's actual <laughs> insights that any marketer should really heed because that's ultimately what will could potentially make or break an effective marketing strategy, whether or not you're 100%. choosing to use honesty and loyalty, uh, loyalty messaging in your in your strategy to really drive that engagement. So I think that's that's really uh, amazing insight that you, you've delivered to us there. So thanks for that, Megan. Yeah. I want to talk about a hot topic and no, not Ooh. the apparel spot or this weather that we're facing, right? <laughs> I could keep talking about the weather, but continue. Yeah, I love a good callback. So that's, that's why I just decided to drop Great. that in there. <laughs> But I want to talk about privacy for a moment, if you're willing to, to, uh, Ooh, to entertain me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So we know consumers are becoming more and more privacy conscious and yep. privacy laws are getting stricter. Uh, so what does this mean for marketers and their personalization strategies? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, yeah, it feels like there's seemingly endless changes to the privacy landscape. I know yeah. every day with my Google alerts, I'm getting more <laughs> inundated more and more with a new article about this topic. Yeah. Um, so I really think there's no point into diving into the specifics of everything that's going on with the sure. consumer privacy landscape. Yeah, everything that's happening with Apple and Google, I think everyone tuning into this podcast is uh, likely in tune with that. I think, Vern, we could have a whole separate episode on this topic. Yep. And uh, we're actually releasing a report on the privacy personalization paradox. So you may have awesome. to have me back for another oh, absolutely. episode so we can absolutely. talk about that. Um, but I am glad you asked because um, the latest privacy updates give me a little bit of that, those uh, GDPR vibes. Mm -hmm. And we know those GDPR vibes are not good ones, right? Like right. those four those four letters yeah. still still haunt my dreams <laughs> of working in the e-commerce space for the last decade. They were really yes. tough. But what the reason I bring up GDPR in this instance, not just because it's related to privacy, is because we survived. It was right. a really tough time for not only marketers, but companies to navigate these privacy ch changes. So, you know, if we kind of reflect on the GDPR drama from a few years back, I really think it's on trend um, yeah. for what most of us feel now. And I think at the moment, a lot of us feel a bit in the dark as mm -hmm. to um, what these changes mean. What does cookie deprecation mean for my brand? I'm still relying on third-party data. Right. How am I going to understand my customers? I feel like when I have real talks with our customers, with friends in the marketing space, 
everyone kind of is like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm confused and I don't right. know what to do. And I don't know if that's at all comforting, but at times it's comforting to me. But I do think there's some good news here that I can kind of shed some light on. Is That'd be great. It, it, yeah, if you're, if you're concerned about access to data, it's really just about how you harness it, which is access to the right infrastructure, having great partners. Wonderkin can certainly help here because I think the short and sweet uh, recipe for longevity in this new privacy conscious space is a well-defined first party data strategy. This is data your customers are voluntarily sharing about themselves. So use it to your benefit. Um, And kind of back to my point about being a bit in the dark, Like I said, I think everyone is confused. And I think the one constant that continues to be communicated, which is kind of interesting, is these these changes that are happening in the market are going to lead to a substantial revenue decline. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we've been talking to quite a few brands and they haven't really shared that they've seen a massive impact since Mm. these latest iOS 14.5 and start of third-party deprecation across browsers. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying that you won't experience an impact um, because this will likely involve a lot of strategy shifting, but it just really means being a bit more prepared. So look at new KPIs, invest in new channels like text messaging, and honestly, invest in some oldies but goodies like email and uh, direct mail. We've been seeing a ton of our brands reinvest in direct mail, especially with um, a lot of consumers still spending a ton of time at home. So um, your own channels are becoming more and more important. Brands really need to double down on those. And, um, you know, rather than spending precious ad dollars on the big guys like Google and Meta, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. You said Meta. I was like, oh, right, Facebook. That's the I had, name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to train myself to say the right word now. <laughs> I guess we should. We should. But, yeah. you know, speaking of, e- of owned channels and profitable owned mm-hmm. channels at that, email and text. Let's talk about that for a, me- for a moment. So I want to understand yeah. what makes these channels so valuable and how do they compare email versus text? Yeah. Um, you know, before we get into this, Burn, since I really just enjoy derailing all of your questions on <laughs> 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 this podcast, um, I promise I will talk about email and text. I know but you will. We I love the context. Um, we love the context, by the way. It is it's so valuable. So so please, yeah. please you, continue. You gave me a mic, so I'm going to go for it. Um, I don't regret it at all. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see the feedback after the podcast. But um, I really wanted to talk. I wanted to use this opportunity to talk a bit about this attention economy we're living mm-hmm. in. So um, I wanted to ask you, did you know that the um, estimated adult attention span as of last year is eight seconds? Eight I'm seconds. Sorry. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Uh, see, you just proved my point, Vern, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually so amazing that you just did that. I asked if you knew that the estimated adult attention span as of last year is eight seconds long. I actually did not know that. That's actually <laughs> unbelievable considering we all took like the SATs and things. So like, I don't yep. even know how that's possible, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you even asking me what was just such a perfect (laughs) example of this world we're living in. So as much as I want to believe deep in my core that everyone is holding on to every word we're saying in this podcast, 
it's just not the case, right? And That's true. can you imagine how these brands are now feeling about their consumers? They have this eight second window to capture their attention. So I, your SAT point is actually super interesting because I think the problem isn't with attention span. Mm -hmm. It's that we have an infinite number of options to choose from. Uh. There is so much content surrounding mm -hmm. us all. Um, so I think this means in order for brands to be more effective, they need to communicate content that matters and they need to provide value to their consumers and prove what they're saying and doing is worth paying attention to in those eight seconds that they have them. So going back to your original question about email and text, because I yes. promised that I was gonna get there. Um, I'll start with email. Um, email's the OG, you know yeah. that. Uh, Word up, <laughs> it, real talk. Straight up, full yeah. stop, yeah. <laughs> it might not be new, it might not be exciting, but it is the highest converting channel mm -hmm. um, for brands. In fact, I actually heard someone speak at a conference recently and someone asked like, how are you navigating all these changes in the market? How are you shifting your strategy? And she just said, I'm going back to basics. Um, we lean into email a ton. It's not sexy, it's yeah. not new, but it works. And right. in fact, she, she called it the miracle of marketing. And I actually couldn't agree more. And just because email is the OG doesn't mean that it's irre irre irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I think it just means like, it works and that's yeah. okay. It's okay to stick to what works. Um, on the flip side, you asked about text. Text is also not new, even though it's like the shiny toy right now. Right. Um, it's been around for a while, but I think in terms of actually taking off in the space, probably more for the text message marketing space within the last five years. And obviously I think that was accelerated with the pandemic and now everyone basically has a smartphone, right? Even my mm -hmm. eight-year-old niece has a smartphone. <laughs> so, eight? Yeah, eight, yeah. Um, she's the one who helps me with TikTok. But um, <laughs> so I think what's interesting is that text actually now has a really valuable seat at the table. Um, in fact, according to our research, six in 10 consumers subscribe to text message marketing in the last year, and 40% of millennials sign up for four or more brands. Okay. So going back to kind of capturing um, the attention culture, capturing those eight seconds, text is by far the most utilized app. So it's definitely an investment channel that marketers should be thinking about. Um, and in fact, this was a stat also in our report that scares me, but I'd be remiss not to share it on our podcast because I love it so much, mm -hmm. is that eight in 10 millennials would rather lose their ability to speak than to text, which I think is horrifying and scary. What? But again, <laughs> yeah, would rather lose the ability to speak than to text. And if you're going back to meeting customers where they are, clearly millennials don't want you to speak to them. They just want you oh to, my to text gosh. them. They, um, know, yeah. they know not what they ask. Right, so. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, even other stats we dove into because we just built um, the ability to support Wonderkin ca campaigns through brands' mobile apps. And 
what I thought was really interesting as we productize this new capability is that a third of consumers prefer shopping via, via a mobile app than browser. Mm. Um, mm. I thought that was wild. I actually didn't really realize how popular brand-specific mobile apps were getting. And when you're saying a third of consumers are shopping on it, um, and in fact, 98% of consumers shopped via mobile last year. I, I remember That's... like 10 years ago trying to design like mobile specific checkout pages yeah. and we're like it's okay no one will ever do this and now <laughs> 98% of people are shopping on their mobile that's, device so that's yeah. not, is that across all demographics yeah wild wow. yeah so you know i think some key takeaways here in terms of email and text cuz you know, I have been talking for a while, so let's circle back to your question mm. <laughs> that you you did ask. <laughs> I think it's so important, especially in text, to invest in that channel. Yeah. We at Wonderkin say uh, text is king, text is hot right now, and it, it certainly is. Um, and, but I think another really important thing that brands should keep in mind is aligning your content and messaging to your channels. Yes. So favor, yeah, favor your promotional time sensitive time-sensitive content to text since people are always on their phones and text has a 98% open rate and do more brand-forward content for email. Um, and yeah, I keep talking about email being the OG, so don't sleep on it. Um, another stat that we saw was a fourth of consumers will return and transact after abandoning their cart when retargeted by a segmented email approach. Wow. So um, yeah, it's I think it's a really powerful channel. Both of them are very powerful. And uh, again, we're here to help. You can help, you can use Wonderkin to grow your channel performance while letting your consumers grow, uh, choose what it is they actually um, want to use and how they want to use it. Um, we can help grow your email and text channel so that they complement each other, not compensate for. And I think that's that's pretty powerful. That's, that is really powerful. And you know what, Megan, you know what would complement all of the valuable insights that you're delivering to our audience today is them downloading this market outlook yes. report. Because this is Please. incredible information that will help brands out there across the United States, across the UK, around the Absolutely. world. So really great information and insight there. Yes, and we plan on doing these frequently. So definitely expect more market insights from us here at Wonderkin. And if you love what we're putting down, folks out there, like we will cater to your needs. So talking back mm -hmm. to us, letting us know what you like and what you dislike, asking us what we can add to enhance the overall final report year over year or quarterly over quarter over quarter, depending on how frequently you're going to release it, Megan. Let us know yep. that. Talk to us and we will get you exactly what you need to provide the value that you need to drive effective strategies uh, for your for your marketing. Um, I, have a, I have a question about, this is shifting gears ever so slightly, but I think it really does a good job of tying all of this up into a nice little bow for our target audience out there, our e-com and D2C brands. I want to talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday because like that's, okay. it's coming. I think it's literally like 107 days before, Oof, so right? Soon. Yes. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, 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 it's coming soon. And like we, we experienced a really big Black Friday, Cyber Monday in 2021. Uh, we actually saw the biggest holiday shopping season in U.S. history with consumers wow. spending over $200 billion for the first time ever. So what can we expect Crazy. this year and how can retailers prepare? 
Yeah. Um, so crazy. So exciting. Mm-hmm. This is like our Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The e-com space. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Much better at that than I am, Vern. Um, we'll work together. But you know, yeah. You know, Vern, uh, it's interesting. Product marketers like myself wear a lot of hats, but one I will never claim to wear is I'm not an economist. Okay. Um, so I'll just start there. Um, but, you know, despite the state of the economy and fears of this looming recession, yeah. it's actually predicted that Black Friday, Cyber Monday is going to be bigger than ever. Um, 2022 holiday sales are predicted to grow by 3% to $1.3 trillion. Wow. Um, yeah, it's wild. Um, they say brick and mortar is probably going to be flat, but digital is gonna is expected to rise by fifteen percent. Um, so, to your question in terms of preparedness, I I think the best advice I could give, which is so great because I know you all and the marketing team have sent out a bunch of stuff related to Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We even have a countdown going on. Yes, it's just it's just to start early. Um, our research in the Wonderkin Market Outlook report showed that half of consumers shop early. So it's really not just about Black Friday, Cyber Monday anymore. Um, in fact, I've gotten quite a few Black Friday in July emails this month. And yeah, and I thought it was really great because I think it's twofold. I think it's one. Um, a lot of brands are leaning into readiness. They're really leaning into the fact that we don't really know what kind of issues we're going to face this holiday season the way that we did last year, right? There's still supply chain issues. There's still manufacturing issues. Is your item going to be out of stock if you wait to shop till later? So I really, I really like the approach of, um, having a Black Friday in July. But on the flip side, I kind of like the approach that these brands are probably likely doing this because um, someone, I may not name who, had a big Prime Day this <laughs> this month. So yeah. I think it's kind of a, a nice strategic way to promote um, your brand um, and try and take a little bit of that piece of the pie, which I think is cool. Um, Something else that I think is interesting is I got an email from this brand this morning that really led with a lot of like the ultimate FOMO messages. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. Megan, everything you're going to want to buy for yourself, for your family this holiday is likely going to be out of stock. So I'm going to do you a favor and you're an exclusive early bird and I'm going to give you all these promos if you shop now. And wow, you know, I, re- I really like that. Yeah, it's like super creative. Um, it did give me that feeling that I was like, oh, I probably should be shopping now, yeah. even though I am definitely a last minute shopper. So I, I like the tactics that brands are doing because I think you can have your sales earlier. It doesn't just have to be during the month of November. Um, so some other things to do to prepare. We talked about this a bunch during this podcast, but use personalization personalization tactics to scale your subscriber list. Like this will be super helpful if you start to grow your list now in order to be prepared in term for a holiday. Um, And really use your first party data to stay relevant and engage with your audience in a meaningful way. Uh, Maybe I'm a bit biased, but uh, triggered email and text are definitely a perfect pair to help you drive some great revenue this season. I love it, I love it. And by the way, again, 
don't leech onto other promotional holidays and, <laughs> and bank on that. Just, <laughs> exactly. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> just totally. Saying. That's that, well. That's great, Megan. And I think, like as you said, that there's going to be a ton more resources that are coming down the pike uh, as yeah. far as Black Friday, Cyber Monday strategies. So we will definitely have you back on the podcast to share more that. of that, more of those strategies and more of those insights because we really want our brands this year to be super prepared. There's so much opportunity out there, and we want to make sure that they capture as much as they possibly can, so we can blow out 2022 and then 2023 Absolutely. right after that. So that's that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. Yeah, of course. Happy to help. Awesome. So we've come, unfortunately, to the end of our oh, conversation. So I know. And this has been a lot of fun. When you <laughs> so say much fun. I you know, really enjoyed myself. Me too. And you know, technically this is only episode number two. So oh, we if you nice. are and I've already asked you before, but if you don't mind, we'd love to have you back. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know I breezed over the privacy topic, but I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I can talk about that all day long and I think after our next report comes out, it'll definitely be interesting um to have a podcast episode on. So Yeah, absolutely. Yes, slot me in for episode 5 or 6 for. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so are there any final thoughts that you want to share with our audience before we get out of here? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, especially to the, all the brands getting ready for holiday, we're with you. It's our busy yes. season too. Definitely lean on us if you need any su support. Yeah, and I think I'll just reemphasize, like it's a crazy time, but it's 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 an exciting time. It's an ex I think it's a really exciting time to be in marketing and try out new strategies, but also lean into things that you know work, right? And yeah. I think those things that work are those OG strategies like email and new exciting channels like text. Um, personalization, again, is super key. Um, leaning into that concept, if your customers are willing to share their data with you, use it in the right ways because they really want personalized experiences. They just want to know that brands are using their data in ways that make sense to them. And ultimately, that's going to lead to loyalty. And I think that... I'll continue to say how hot of a topic that is, but that really is such an important thing as like it's almost a market of brand saturation. And as I mentioned before, loyalty is up for grabs. So yeah, focus on your customer, focus on retaining them. Um, and I think you'll be in you'll be in good shape. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Megan, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. I know our audience is thrilled with all of the insight that you've delivered today. Again, go to wonderkit.co to download the newest market outlook report for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's available for download now. View this podcast, save this podcast, share this <laughs> podcast. It's so much yes. great information. And we, we'd love for you to to use this and add this to your, your strategy this year to drive an effective Black Friday, Cyber Monday and really blow out your revenue. Megan, thank you again for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a true pleasure and look forward to seeing you on the next uh, next podcast. Absolutely. Do you want to say that? Do you want to close this out? What's the name of the podcast? Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Individuality unleashed. That was it. Boom. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks, <laughs> all.